Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. We're studying James chapter 4, verse 8, where James calls us to repentance. And he says, Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. What does it mean to wash your hands? Isn't it true that only God can cleanse us from sin? So why does the Bible sometimes tell us to wash ourselves before we can approach God? Uh, show of hands, how many of you are currently dealing with uh, some serious financial problem? Anybody struggling? Okay, several. How about a major relationship issue? Anybody having a problem, some kind of relationship? Yeah, several again. Okay. How about a significant health problem? Anybody? No? A bunch? Some of you raised all three times. Tough time. How about this? Raise your hand if you've got a sin problem in your life. It's like, oh my goodness, every single person. Okay. Well, that's amazing because you're not going to believe this, but I just happened to be preaching today on the topic of how to deal with the sin problem in your life. So talk about being in the right place at the right time. What are the odds, huh? Actually, the odds are pretty good, aren't they? Because... A passage that the scripture speaks on a topic of how to deal with sin in our lives, that's guaranteed to be relevant for every single soul that walks through that door, isn't it? They say two things in life are certain, death and taxes. More certain than either one of those is having a sin problem in your life. We talk a lot about how to avoid sin, right? How to, how to keep from sinning. But no matter how much progress we make with that, every last one of us is still going to have a sin problem in our lives. We're going to stumble into sin. And so one of the most crucial things you can ever learn is how to deal with that. This is is a key part of the Christian life. What should you do after you've sinned? What do you do about those besetting sins that you just can't seem to get a handle on? How do you deal with regret? How do you deal with guilt? How do you deal, how do you deal with sin? If we don't know how to deal with the sin in our lives, we're missing one of the most basic, essential components of the whole Christian life. We don't know how to live the Christian life if we don't know how to handle that. What do you do with sin? And the answer to all that is repent. Repent. That's how we deal with sin in our lives as Christians. We repent. Non-Christians don't repent. We do. That's the difference between them and us. We repent. That's basic. And in this passage, James is going to take out his scalpel and he's going to dissect true repentance and show us all the various parts of it. It's a complex thing. And one thing that we learn here that we saw last week is that repentance is two-sided. There's a side that faces towards God and there's a side that faces towards us. Last week, we just looked at the one facing towards God. When you sin, what do you do towards God? Two things. Submit to God and return to God. Okay? Submitting means letting go of your own self-will and doing what you know is God's will. Our self-will is like a, a horse that needs to be broken, and so it becomes responsive to the rider and submits to the rider's will. That's the picture. And that makes the horse useful. Our self-will must be broken so that we can become responsive to God's will. That's submitting to God. And then return to God. Returning to God means making a decisive break with the devil, resisting him, and coming to your senses so that you realize that happiness and joy and fulfillment are found in your Father's house, in your Father's presence, not in the pleasures of this world. And so you return to the Father just like the prodigal son. You fight against Satan using the truth of God's word, to expose the lies of deception of temptation and 
you devote yourself to righteousness. If you do that, Satan will flee, and then you'll be able to draw near to the presence of God, which is your only hope in the war against sin. When you're not near the presence of God, it doesn't work. You can fight the the slightest, weakest little temptation gets you when you're not in the presence of God, right? So drawing near to the presence of God is both the means and the end. Nearness to God helps me resist sin, and then I resist sin so that I can get even more nearness to God. So if you're fighting against sin just so that you won't have the painful consequences of sin in your life, uh, you're not really fighting against sin. Atheists do that, right? True repentance is slamming the door on sin for the, for the purpose of returning to your father so that you can be near his presence. So, so that's review. Those are the two things that we saw with respect to God. Submit to him, return to him. Now let's look at the other two things, the two things that have to do with your own heart. The first of those is has to do with purification. Look at verse 7. He says, Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So, wash yourself. Now, there's two, two different ways that Scripture speaks about cleansing from sin. One is the kind of cleansing that God does. He washes us. Like Psalm 51, uh, verse 2, Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That's God washing us. That's one kind of cleansing, but... There's another kind. When the Bible talks about cleansing yourself, washing yourself, that's different. That's Cleansing or washing yourself means letting go of the sin. Okay, It's something you do. Isaiah 116. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. So that's what wash yourself means. Only God can cleanse the stains, to take out the stains that were left when I, from when I was rolling around in the mud. My part in the process is to stop rolling around in the mud. Okay? So that's what cleanse yourself means. And of course, even the power to do that comes from God. Right? As you walk by the Spirit, He gives you the power to resist sin. So it's God's power, but it does involve your effort. Your resolve and your will. So James calls us to take action against sin in two areas. Hands and heart. He says, wash your hands and purify your hearts. So hands have to do with action. That's stuff you do. Heart has to do with what's on the inside. So talk about hands first. Washing your hands means to physically do something to distance yourself from the sin. Okay, that's washing your hands. It's, if, it's, if the sin is drunkenness, maybe you, you physically dump out the alcohol. If it's your computer, maybe you install some accountability software. If it's Netflix, you cancel your subscription. If it's your phone, you get an accountability partner and put a password on there to, so you can't download an app or whatever. If, if it's overspending, you, 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 you start up a budget, you cut up your credit card, you, you call your prayer group leader or your pastor and you ask, what, what passages of scripture would be good for me to study to overcome this particular Sin. I'm going to take action. You listen to some sermons on that topic. You, 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 you find a helpful book on that subject. You make an appointment for some biblical counseling. True repentance goes way beyond just saying, I'm going to try harder from now on. It takes whatever action you can think of to, to, to wash your hands of that sin. And that includes taking steps to cut off access to future temptation for that sin, to reduce your exposure to that temptation. Like, how about sending an accountability report to your prayer partner or your accountability partner every morning, reporting on that 
area. Or how about confessing it to your spouse or to someone else? Just ask yourself, if you're wondering, wondering, am I really repentant? Ask yourself, is there anything I could do to make it less likely that I'll fall to this sin again in the future? Anything at all. Then do it. Is there something you could do that would make a future stumble in that area less likely, but but you, you won't do it? If that's the case, if that's the case, how can you claim to be repentant? Repentant means you wash your hands of that thing. Are your hands clean? Or are there some areas in your life where you're still rolling in the mud? And don't think just in terms of blatant, obvious sin. The question is, are there sins in your life that you haven't taken serious measures to distance yourself from opportunities or temptations? Is there some step you could take that would make it more likely that you would gain victory in the future, but you haven't been willing to take it? whether it be because you don't truly want to give up the sin completely or because you're too embarrassed to get anyone else involved or your pride won't let you admit you need anyone's help or maybe just laziness. Talk to God about what steps He wants you to take today to gain greater success in those areas you tend to stumble. What should I do, Lord? Would it be pleasing to you if I just stayed right on the same path I've been on? Or do I need to make a change? And if a change is needed, please guide my thinking by your Spirit to see what sort of change would make things better. I don't just want to change my behavior. I want to draw nearer to you. I want to fear your discipline more. I want to crave closeness with you more. I want the threat of harming our relationship to matter to me more. I want to love you more. How can I get there, Father? Help me see some step I could take today to start moving in that direction. I know it begins with confession. So these are the sins I've committed against you, Father. Take a moment to ask the Lord to bring to your mind whatever sins you need to confess. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away my filth and cleanse me. For I know what I've done, and my sin is always in front of my face. And my sin has been against you. Others may have been hurt, but the only thing that makes my sin evil is the fact that it's against you, and it's evil in your sight. You're right to judge me, Lord. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Cleanse me with the blood of your Son, and I will be clean. If you wash me, I will be whiter than snow. 
Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You don't delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.